Through Thick and Thin is a 12-month journey to discover your truest identity and calling in the Lord. Designed by and for young Vietnamese Catholics, this podcast welcomes special guests to discuss the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Now, here's your host, Vivian Nguyen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Through Thick and Thin. I'm your host, Vivian Nguyen, and if you're new here, I post every first Friday of the month. Each month is a chapter of this 12-month journey. Happy New Year, everyone. I cannot believe we are now in the year of 2024, which personally for me is a quite momentous year um, since I'll be graduating from high school in a little over five months. But I don't know about you all. For me, walking down memory lane of 2023 brings me so much emotion. It was the most challenging yet most enlightening year I've experienced. 2023 taught me a great deal of lessons about myself, about relationships, about God's intrinsic identity, all while shaping and molding my worldview and perspective on life. In episode four, Sister Huyen and I reconnected with the idea of making your spirit that is in you your most attractive quality. In today's episode, I want to touch on a topic that I think everyone of all ages struggle with and an important value that we tend to overlook in our day-to-day life, and that is God's peace. We all know that our lives revolve around our decisions, and because we have to make countless decisions per day, we have the tendency to overlook the importance of making principled and prayerful decisions. We prioritize personal preference over God's peace. We prefer making more money than spending the time with our loved ones. We prefer staying in a relationship that we know is toxic because we are afraid of being judged as being unloyal and dramatic. We prefer lying and twisting stories to make us look good and so much more. And the scary thing is that we don't realize that our personal preferences are making our lives and those around us more miserable. So today, I'm so exceedingly blessed and excited to have Sister Maria Kim Ngan Bui from the Sisters of the Little Way on this podcast to help us see the contrast of prioritizing God's peace versus our own personal preferences. Let's welcome Sister Maria Kim. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to this. Thank you. How have you been? I've been really, I've been a little bit busy, but that's life and yeah. uh, it's good. I like, I like to be busy. So that's awesome. mm-hmm. I was going to ask you a little bit more, like if you could tell us about your congregation, the Sisters of the Little Way. So we're a brand new um, religious community. And actually, technically speaking, we're not like an official uh, religious community in the same way other religious communities are. So we're um, at this very initial stage that's called a private association of the faithful. Mm -hmm. That's canon law language. (laughs) And so we feel a call to uh, reach out to those that are on the margins, on the fringes of the church, have left the church, or that have been wounded or scandalized by members of the church. So um, we just professed vows. Archbishop Sample was there to witness the vows. He didn't receive the vows, but he was there to witness the vows um, at the end of September. So yeah, it's very recent. When was this congregation established? Was it this year? This year, September wow. 22nd. Mm-hmm. So did you transfer over to this new congregation? So we're actually founding the community right here mm-hmm. in um, the Archdiocese of Portland. So I was a religious sister in another community for about 20 years. And then gradually I felt the Lord asking me to to move out of that congregation. I was um, perpetually professed for 10 years before wow. the Lord like made a definitive kind of statement and he's like now's the time Mm, and how do you like it 
Oh, it's um, it's the adventure of a lifetime. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's difficult um, in in many ways, but also because I know that this is what God wants. I I have a tremendous amount of peace that I've never had before, and a joy and a sense of purpose. And yeah, um, because it's such a crazy thing to do. <laughs> um, I've seen God's providence. He He really has provided in ways mm-hmm. that have been truly miraculous. I. There's no other word for it. It's just, we see miracles. So Yeah. Do you have any plans as just like a whole congregation for 2024? Yeah. So um, we have lots of different plans. Um, I think the most, um, the plan that kind of is top of mind or the thing that I think is will be most important for us this year, um, besides really asking the Lord to to continue to give us the gift of the charism and to teach us what's on his heart regarding this new charism in the church is we're going to be going to participate in a five-month program from the Gregorian University, Pontifical Gregorian University in Rome. Um, And it's for uh, safeguarding God's children. Mm. So um, it's the Pontifical University is like, it's offering a program that it's the only kind in, in all the world. And we're just really excited to be able to attend that. So I think we're so blessed to have you as part of like under the Archdiocese of Portland. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So Very thank kind. you for all you do. Before I kick off this conversation about God's peace, I want to start off with something just fun. I'm going to ask you a would you rather question. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Uh Uh-huh. Ready. (laughs) It's a classic one. Oh, okay. Would you rather be the oldest sibling or the youngest sibling? Youngest sibling. For sure? For sure. (laughs) Especially of a Vietnamese family. Are you, are you a youngest sibling? No, I'm, I'm the only girl. I'm the middle. Okay. So I have an older brother who um, bears the weight of the world because he's <laughs> unhigh and dithong. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. way too much. Yeah. And then I have a younger brother, Paul, who can basically do whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like you're the black sheep in the middle one? Well, I'm the girl. So I have like all the girl responsibilities. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. Yeah. I'm the oldest. And I, I still still prefer being the oldest. Oh, really? Okay. Tell I feel me like the benefits. It's just because... Well, I think my personality is just more compatible with being the oldest. Okay. And I don't mind. I don't mind having the responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess being the oldest, you do have to experience a lot of scary things first. And then you can, your your little one can cheat its way around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sister, once again, thank you for being here. I want to kick off this conversation with a personal story Mm -hmm. um, because I know that it's always the vulnerability that will help others better understand a much more vague concept. So um, this is basically the most vulnerable I've ever been. So 2023 has been the most challenging year for me so far um, with regards to relationships. I've lost, you know, several people that I've loved most. And one of them is a close confidant that I've known for many years. This person has surprisingly done many things that I've damaged our friendship Mm. and have also hurt others around them. And so for me to witness all of this, I genuinely felt, you know, disrespected, Mm. rejected and devastated. Mm -hmm. And as a person, as a friend who has always been faithful and invested so much of my time in this relationship, it was extremely hard for me to accept the fact that I'm going to have to discontinue the relationship so that I don't lose myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But that decision did not come easy. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I had much 
rather prefer continuing the relationship since we were already so many years in. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to lose a person that I've loved and respected and sacrificed for so much. A person that has taught me so many wonders about faith and the love that God has for us. And I also didn't want to bear the aftermath of ending a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of time, like I even tried convincing God and I was like, Jesus, you, I know you blessed me with this relationship. I have no doubt about it. And so there is no way you're asking me to back out. Mm -hmm. But through a lot of prayer and discernment and a lot of tears, I realized that the biggest failure I could make in life is losing myself and losing my identity. And I've learned that I must prioritize maintaining peace with God and my inner self. I've had to remind myself consistently that oftentimes rejection is redirection. Hmm. And I know that there are so many people out there who literally feel stuck in their situation and they don't know what to choose. And perhaps they long for peace, but are too afraid to give up the very thing that is silently killing them in which they don't know. And so again, this idea of personal preference over God's peace. How can we come to understand that God's peace cannot be compromised when it comes to making hard decisions? First, I, if you don't mind, I just want to honor your story. Um, I think that there's so much in that that you could take to prayer. I mean, I'll be praying for you. There's so many courageous decisions that you made um, in 2023. And even the courageous decision to bring it to prayer, that's already a really courageous decision. And then the courageous decision to acknowledge reality for what it is mm-hmm. and to negotiate you know, to open yourself up again and again. Am I seeing this correctly? There's humility in there and God blesses humility. Humility is the foundation of all virtue. You can't have peace without humility. You can't have any other virtues without humility. Uh, And I think humility and courage are very closely connected in my, in my mind and in my little experience. So yeah, when you say that God's peace can't be compromised, It's interesting because compromised in this sentence sounds like a rigidity. You know, it sounds like something that is so rigid that you might hurt yourself or other people with it. But actually, in this, in your situation, if you don't mind me saying, um, there's a tremendous wisdom in that because your your quote unquote uncompromising position is actually very, very, very prayerfully held. It's a sacred decision. And um, it reminds me of the of the fundaments, of the roots, of the radicality of peace. So um, when I think of um, how we can come to understand that God's peace cannot be compromised, I think of like the moments in Jesus's life where he gives us peace. There, there are a few things that he says really strongly, you know, the most kind of memorable and poignant things come from the Last Supper discourse. Mm. Um, you know, so you think of somebody dying. So the Last Supper discourse are the chapters leading up to um, Jesus's passion and death. And so you think of somebody dying. They know they're going to die. Um, in this case, this person happens to be king of the universe, you know, Messiah, <laughs> you know, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-love. So he's going to choose his words very wisely. And one of the things that he chooses to say is he says, 
My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. So it's in this, the context of a cacophony of the disciples' sadness, Mm -hmm. of their confusion, Mm -hmm. um, of Jesus's own um, needing to grieve that he's going to need to leave these dear beloved friends of his. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to leave them in some kind of peaceful way. It's going to be quite violent. And um, they might lose hope over it very likely you know any anybody who sees their best friend die in such a gruesome and um uh tragic and uh you know it's like toxic hatred that killed jesus um that that is a cause for much disturbance in a person's soul but jesus said my peace i give to you not as the world gives do i give it to you so it's kind of interesting that it's in this like fever pitch moment in jesus's life where he's like my peace I give to you. It's like, this is one of his best gifts to us is his peace. Mm -hmm. And then in the same gospel, that was from the gospel of John, the same gospel of John, after his resurrection, the disciples are shaken in their boots. They didn't have boots, but they were shaken in their boots. (laughs) And um, they were in the upper room and and, um, the the doors were locked because they were afraid. That's what it says in scripture. And Jesus bursts through the doors and he says, peace be with you. And then he says, peace be with you again. So when you, I just love the way that you phrased this question. How can we come to understand that God's peace cannot be compromised? We can understand it firstly, because God himself will not compromise the peace he Mm. wants to give to us. It is a gift that yes, we can receive it, but it's not flimsy. You know, sometimes people think like peacemakers are like pushovers or doormats or whatever. And it's like, no, actually God's gentleness and God's kindness is a fierce and ferocious thing. It cannot be compromised. That is so good. I feel like it's something that's very simple, but we just don't realize it, that God is adamant about giving us his peace and he's not going to compromise it. Mm -hmm. So why should we? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you mind sharing maybe like a personal story that you could help our audience understand in terms of like not being able to compromise that peace coming from your situation in, in terms of staying in a toxic relationship. I wasn't willing to compromise that. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that decision, it helped me understand a lot more about, you know, God's peace and why it's so freeing. And you also talked about, you know, before we had, um, before we recorded this, you know, about creativity within God's peace. Mm-hmm. So if you could you know, share a little bit about that as well. Yeah, so um, I went through a phase in my life. It sounds so cliche to say it that way. (laughs) But in junior high, um, I decided to basically forego the Vietnamese culture. I was educated. um, My my parents had to speak only Vietnamese inside the house. My dad would say, only Vietnamese inside the house. Outside of the house, you can speak in English, you learn English things, but inside the house, this is a Vietnamese family. He was very strict about it. But um, in junior high, I started to kind of have this sense that the faith was kind of superfluous, mm-hmm. you know, just didn't have anything to do with like everyday life. And so I kind of threw away the Vietnamese culture and the faith at the same time for about three years. And I started to hang out with a group of kids at school that I felt were more authentic. They were like edgy and they, 
they were like the skaters. I don't know if you guys mm. still have skaters. I'm old now. So. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Sometimes I don't understand what the kids are talking about. <laughs> anyway, so, okay, yeah, they were skaters, and I really liked them. They, like, listened to, like, really crazy music that my mom would be like, what is that? Turn that off right now, <laughs> you know? Right. But then I um, was invited to a youth retreat um, at our parish, my older brother was going, and my parents had this rule that if any of the younger siblings wanted to go to anything that, you know, the older siblings were going to, they could go. So I was able to go on this youth retreat, and I had a conversion experience before the Blessed Sacrament. And Jesus told me from the Eucharist, I am real, I love you, and your parents love you. Your parents love you more than anyone this side of heaven, and it changed my life like this. And um, so I started to go to Mass every day. And I realized my parents go to mass every day. I was like, hey, why didn't you tell me that you go to mass every day? They're like, do you remember first Fridays? We drag you guys out of bed, kicking and screaming. <laughs> of course, we're not gonna make you go to mass every day because <gasps> like, we don't wanna fight you like that every day. But yes, you're welcome to come, stop complaining. you know." And it was this whole experience of um, coming to know the love of Jesus more personally in the Blessed Sacrament, in the Catholic faith, and it was like a falling in love, again, with the Vietnamese culture that I had been given. But along with that came the necessity of needing to basically get rid of all my friends, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, I was still friendly with them. Cordial. Cordial. I was still cordial with them, but I couldn't participate in almost anything that they were doing. They would, like, make fun of people and things like that. And I, I just knew that... You were not willing to compromise. That. I was not willing to compromise that. It mm -hmm. would be against my integrity and it would remove the peace of God from my heart. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very concrete example that I think me, myself, and a lot of my peers go through. We're not willing to compromise the things that we think are attractive in this world, but to God, it's not because it traps us and it's not freeing. And truly speak to this fact of it like I had to you know endure like I'm not saying that um going through these hard moments they're not they're, they're not easy I mean I had to endure through like three weeks of just a lot of tears a lot of like mm -hmm. the feeling of desolation the feeling of rejection but I've I'm proud to say that because I made that decision I feel a lot more free mm -hmm. and I feel a lot more joyful um when I have God's peace and I've learned that when you have God's peace, it's like a supernatural and an unsurpassed feeling that is beyond any understanding. Amen. And I wish and I pray that people would be able to feel that every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and especially for people that are, you know, are like my age trying to, I think they're longing for peace. They're searching for peace but they don't know where and they don't know how. Mm -hmm. And it's not, a, it's not enough to just feel God's peace um, during the happy and jolly moments because more than often, we're not going to have those times. And so the, the question would be, what about the upsetting and bitter moments that we experience on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, what's the key to maintaining, so not just feeling, but maintaining the peace with God during those um, times of distress. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're totally right. Um, I, I think that the times of distress 
are actually more often than not. Um, so some of the the wisest kind of spiritual axioms come from St. Uh, Ignatius of Loyola. Mm-hmm. Um, and he speaks about how in a time of consolation, it's fine. Like, just be aware that a time of desolation will come. So don't get too elated during the time of consolation. And then a time of desolation, when you're feeling sad and weighed down and things, remember that a time of consolation will come soon. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, a lot of times the spiritual life is about having a balance. Right. So I think that that's one of the things that's very important in um, in maintaining one's peace, especially during very difficult times. It's like, to trust that God has given you everything that you need to live through this present moment. Mm-hmm. And that one of the concepts that I like to think of often is how, you know how like in, in Asian culture, we have like senseis mm-hmm. or like masters, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I often like to think about Jesus as being a master. He, I mean, he's Middle Eastern, right? He, he chose to be born into a Middle Eastern family. So if you think of Jesus as a master, um, it's kind of interesting to think of him as the one who gives us difficult things to do, but he's unlike any other master because he always teaches you the perfect thing to do. Mm. He always embodies it perfectly. Mm-hmm. He always gives you everything that you need to do the thing that he's asking you to do. And he will be with you at every step of the journey. There mm. are no other masters that can do that. You know, you think of like a calculus high school calculus teacher or something like that. Like they're going to make mistakes. Jesus never makes mistakes. And so even though we go through very, you know, the psalmist says bitter valleys in um, the Hail Holy Queen, um, we call it the valley of tears, the valley of sorrows. That is life. But Jesus promises joy and peace and love to us. Mm-hmm. And so if we draw near to our master, our, our Jesus, and we ask him for the graces, he says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. So it's, you know, we do need to make difficult decisions sometimes, but our integrity is is based firmly in Christ. It's, you know, I might feel mean when I need to cut off a relationship or I might feel mean when I need to draw a boundary, but it's not actually mean. It's it's better to go to Jesus and say, Lord, because of what you've called me to do, I feel like this is what I need to do. Could you please give me strength? And then to surrender to him our entire selves, but especially those parts that say, oof, that's mean. That's Sister Maria Kim, meanie sister. <laughs> no, that's any any spirit that accuses us is not of God. When God corrects us, which he does, it's always with the most compassionate, the most understanding mm-hmm. heart that we could possibly imagine. Right. That's how you know it's God. If it's an accusatory sound, it might be mm-hmm. your own little brain mm-hmm. <laughs> rattling around, or it could be an evil spirit that's trying to tell you that you're bad, you're ugly, you're dumb, you're mean, mm-hmm. all of those things. That's not of God. Yeah. And I was going to ask a little bit more about, you know, what about people who maybe are losing a job or they're in a situation where they don't know what to decide? How do they know? How are they able to discern and determine what God wants for them or what is God's will and which one is the one that God asks them to go on in terms of, you know, the pathways and decisions that they, they should make? Yeah. You know, I think that it's really good for us to recognize always that we're always experiencing losses. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we experience big losses that are completely outside of our control. So I might get fired from a job, you know, or I might um, lose a family member to death or something like that. 
I think it's important to remember that um, we can only live one day at a time. You know, Jesus says, sufficient for a day is, is its own evil. <laughs> so a lot of times the saints will say, you can get discouraged by thinking in the future or thinking in the past. But if you want to live in God's peace, live in the present moment. What do you have today? Mm. Um, yeah, okay, maybe your, you know, your boss told you that by the end of the week, you need to be moved out of here or mm -hmm. something like that. And that's really devastating. But you can really only live at one moment at a time. So do it hand in hand with Jesus. Or if you want to climb inside of his sacred heart and live from inside his mm. sacred heart, all of the sufferings that you are living and call upon the graces of all the saints who have suffered tremendously. You know, there we, we have innumerable saints and angels at our beck and call and that they can help us to live through difficult moments or you can call like somebody who's a little bit older a little bit wiser i have a huge extended vietnamese family <laughs> so i have lots of cousins that i can call and be like okay this is happening and they'll be like read this book <laughs> you know? and it's like okay lifeline thanks so much you know so i think it's really important to um in those moments to to be grateful to live in the present moment and to call on your lifelines when you can. Yeah. And I love that we are covering this topic because, you know, peace is important when being a peacemaker ties into your identity, which is, you know, evidently the focal point of this podcast. In Matthew chapter five, verse nine, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. So right then and there, Jesus gives us our identity that when we are peacemakers, we are truly the children of God. And this saying from Jesus definitely calls us higher and challenges us to be one with him, for he is the Prince of Peace. So I have two questions for you here. First, what are the concrete steps we could take to be a peacemaker? What does it look like to be a peacemaker? And it can be something very simple. And second, how does this idea of being one with God, truly one with him, shape our identity? Can you help us understand more about that? You have such great questions. <laughs> I feel like inside your question is the answer, but I'll, I'll say a little bit. Of, Maybe you could elaborate. Yeah, what's on my heart and mind. You know, I think that it's really very important to remember that being a peacemaker is not a doormat. You know, being a doormat is not something that we should aspire to because doormats are inanimate objects. <laughs> we are living, breathing beings. And the Lord gives us the capacity to be peacemakers. He, um, I forget which gospel it's in. In one of the gospels, um, Jesus says, when you enter a house, wish it peace. And if there's mm. anybody that is a peaceable person in there, they will receive your peace. But if, if not, your peace will return to you. So a peacemaker is firstly someone who is rooted in God mm. as much as we can be. Nobody's perfect, right? So um, and we need to be humble. <laughs> so I might, I might have peace. I might feel like I have peace. I might feel like I don't have peace. The feelings are not the thing that we need to hold on to. It's Jesus that we're holding on to. So the desire enough, the desire to be a peaceful person is enough in and of itself. So being a peacemaker, especially in tense situations where people are like on fire with rage or something like that, it's, um, it's like a dance. It's a, it's a dance with with the Holy Spirit, you're asking God for the strength, the wisdom, the understanding to know what to do. But we do know certain things, like you're not a doormat, you have boundaries, you are a person that's full of dignity, 
And you never need to compromise your conscience. Like you are a child mm -hmm. of God and you deserve to be treated well. Right. So I think that's really important. I think uh, when I think about peacemakers, I think of the Blessed Mother. And I one of the most common images of the Blessed Mother that we'll find is the Blessed Mother with her two hands open down at her side. But always in that Our Lady of Grace um, image, she's stepping on the head of Satan effortlessly. And if there's anybody in the world or in the cosmos that causes lack of peace, it would be the devil himself, right? Yeah. And so she's like smashing his head and she's like, la, la, la. <laughs> Very song, effortless. Right? Um, and there's some images of St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. He, he's doing the same thing. So that's why the countenance of many of the traditional statues are, are very peace-filled. But they're not doormats. If you look at them, there is, there's a complexity of emotions mixed into, the, into that artistic rendition of a person's face. Mm -hmm. So... There's sorrow there. There is um, resoluteness, and I think one of the one of the books of the prophets speaks about setting your face like flint. Being a peacemaker is not just not being a doormat; it is also being a person of firm integrity, mm. so that you are fighting a battle. If you if somebody is battling another person in your presence or something like that, and you need to be a peacemaker. You're not entering like, oh, I don't know, I have a can of water for this fire. No, you are entering there with the sword of, of righteousness, as St. Paul says. Um, you are bringing order to the situation. That's one of the foundational elements of peace is right order. And so being a peacemaker is having your head on straight in God, knowing what you're about, knowing who you are and who you aren't. And if you need to leave a situation, that is also the prerogative of a peacemaker. You can say you all are like way out of control. And I already told you once and twice, this is the third time. Now I am leaving. And how should we leave? How should we leave the situation? Because I think there's many ways to leave. You can leave yes. mean and you can leave kind. That's true. Like, don't throw things. Don't scream. <laughs> like, don't hit anybody. Don't I, gossip. Don't gossip. Right. <laughs> yeah. All, all of those things. Like, don't sin. Uh, do your best to be respectful. There is, I guess what I'm asking mm. is, how do I leave? How do I leave in a holy way? Okay. Um, that's, a good, that's a good question. I think the, the most concise answer to that would be, um, John Paul II speaks about the affirmation of the human person. Mm. And there's this phrase that I love from him that says, it is good that you exist. So if in my heart, I'm always treating people with that, the eyes of my heart saying to them, it is good that you exist, then I will, I will be charitable to that person. I might be firm with them and I might say, I do not appreciate being spoken to that way. But that is also an affirmation of them. Right. You know, it is good that you exist. It is not good that you speak in this way or behave in this way. Mm -hmm. Because I know, and you know, speaking on behalf of my fellow friends, confrontation is hard. And so because confrontation is hard and we're afraid of confronting people mm -hmm. when we know we should, we compromise our conscience and we compromise our peace. And so... That's why I asked the question, how can I leave in a holy, in a holy way mm -hmm. um, to leave the situation or to leave the, the relationship um, without doing any harm or giving that person any wound? Because we do want to learn, mm -hmm. you know, forgiveness, which also gives us peace. Mm -hmm. So 
how can we, you know, learn to not compromise our conscience um, and finding the courage to do so? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes when we have to leave a situation, that person's accusations, like they might be so angry Mm -hmm. that they might accuse you of being mean or like, that's why it's really important to be rooted in Jesus Mm -hmm. because he will tell you whether or not you were mean. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt God has no problems correcting you when you're quiet enough to want to know what his will is, Mm -hmm. you know, so don't let anybody tell you who you are. You don't let anybody reduce you. Go to Jesus and find your identity. Mm -hmm. He will tell you. Mm -hmm. And how does that also tie within our purpose? How does being one with God give us our purpose? There's this beautiful quote from um, a writer that I really love, Jacques Philippe. And um, he was quoted in another book by Father Boniface Hicks, who wrote on um, personal prayer. So Father Jacques Philippe says, God's love is personal and individual. God does not love two people in the same way because it's actually his love that creates our personality, Mm -hmm. a different personality for each person. And so St. Teresa of Avila says there is a much greater difference between people's souls than between people's faces. So that coupled with the idea from John Paul II, it is good that you exist. When I meet another person, um, in this case, we're talking about our own identity. So when I think of myself, do I love myself? Do I allow myself to receive God's love so as to receive my identity from God? Mm -hmm. And how do I know that this is my true identity? There's a lot of fake identities people people can put on. Tell us more about that. We all, we can wear masks. We can wear masks with ourselves. Yep. Um, We can put on badges for ourselves, you know, like, um, and that those are called wounds, (laughs) Um, you know, I might. Or insecurities. Or insecurities, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I might have those things so much at the forefront of my mind when I think of myself that in interacting with another person, that's all I hear. Mm. you know, or that's all I see. Yeah. So every time I interact with anybody, it could be somebody I just met. I think that they think I'm stupid, you know, or I think that they think that I'm fat or, you know, some kind of terrible thing. Like our insecurities thing. make us really prideful. Prideful, self-focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Self-focused. Um, so the best thing to do is to, is to receive our identity from God. And the way to do that, I think, is to, um, as much as possible, spend at least 15 minutes of quiet prayer every mm. day and to recite the prayers of the church, if, if that's you know the kind of prayer you like to do. Pray with scripture, because it's the anointed word of God, um, or pray some of the prayers that we have as Catholics. Like there's indulgences for praying just the creed, for example. But when you pray these prayers, think of them as God speaking directly to you. So if you can think about praying the creed as though all of that was done just for you, it is actually true. God is loving me into existence in this very moment. And those kinds of prayers or those kinds of prayers, prayer experiences um, will heal us from the inside out and they will correct us um, from these false notions and these lies that society places on us, that we place on ourselves and that wound us. Mm. And that's what will bring us peace, ultimately. Yes. Yeah. With peace being such a vague concept that's hard to understand, could you help us understand a little bit more about what is God's peace? Yeah. 
Peace can definitely feel vague, especially because it can be like a sparkly card at Christmas time. <laughs> um, the the peace that we're talking about is a, is a peace that the world can't give. That that's what Jesus says. He says, "My peace I give to you. It's a peace that the world cannot give." And um, peace is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So. Um, when we think of the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, there's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Um, and so peace is a gift from God. It's something that um, is a sign that God is present. So it's a rightness within your heart. Like, you know, sometimes you just feel right. You feel like your life is ordered on the inside of your heart. It's an affirmation of God's presence. Mm. Peace can seem vague, but as we experience it um, in a repeated fashion in our heart, it becomes something that's almost tactile. It's, mm -hmm. you know, when you don't have it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times it's the proof that you've done something wrong because your conscience will be like, eh, 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 <laughs> confession. <laughs> um, but it's also like, ooh, that went well. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I had to make a tough decision. And I made the decision, like, you know, maybe applying for colleges mm -hmm. or something like that. And then you start to be able to to recognize, oh, after I make a hard decision, especially if I do it prayerfully, God confirms it with the gift of peace. And it's it's a, it's like a rock. It's, mm -hmm. it's solid. But it also has all, all of those other fruits and gifts of the Spirit surrounding it. So when you have peace, you also have love, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and creativity, actually. Um, St. Paul says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes like, peace might feel a little bit elusive, but you can check in with yourself and you can say, okay, do I feel like confined right now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> do I feel like I have all my wits about me? Like, can I be creative? Can I think about the situation in a mm -hmm. creative manner? If I get really myopic on something and I'm like obsessing over it, that for sure is a lack of a peace. peace. Mm -hmm. I would also add on like, you'd feel again, a lot more free and you don't worry about anything. Yeah. Sure. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're like abandoned. You're mm -hmm. you're surrendered. You're a child um, before God, and you know that everything's going to be provided for. That's peace. Yeah. Ultimately, it's a feeling that's beyond understanding. Hard mm -hmm. to. It's hard to describe, but once you're in it, it's like you you just feel like you cannot be loved anymore. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a very. And you can ask for it because it's a gift. So it's it doesn't originate from you. Nothing mm -hmm. really originates from yeah. us. An exquisite feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, last question here to wrap up this episode, just as a fun way to end. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? This is a question I ask every single guest that comes on. <laughs> oh. hmm. There were so many beautiful pieces of advice that I've received, um, especially from my previous religious community. A lot of really holy people I lived with. Um, the thing that comes to mind right now, just because I've been thinking about John Paul II, there's a longer quote, but the, the shortened version, he says, life with Christ is an adventure. And I think Aww, that, yeah, beautiful. that's helpful to me because I just feel like um, if I can think of everything that I'm facing as an adventure with Christ, then it makes it easier and it makes it, it gives me the disposition of heart, like wonder and awe, like a child. Mm. That's awesome. Wow. I, I need to keep that quote in mind. That's a really good one. <laughs> because sometimes we're so... Um, stuck in this this realm of thinking that life is a misery because you know we're 
we're faced with so many challenges and sufferings that we forget that life with life with Christ is an adventure. And mm-hmm. when we when we are at our lowest of lows, it's when we're at our highest of highs. Yeah. We have God with us. Yeah. It's a really beautiful quote to to wrap up this um, conversation as well. So um, as always, we can't end the episode without the challenges. In this first month of a new year, I challenge you to spend some time alone reflecting on how you want God to see you on the final judgment day. Do you want to be seen as someone who's always choosing your preferences over his will? Or do you want to be seen as someone who always chooses his peace over anything else? And I'm convinced that if we really set our minds on maintaining peace with God, being a peacemaker, which Sister Maria Kim said, you know, being firm in our integrity, focusing a lot on prayer, when we let that decision be the factor that guides and compasses us daily, we will be a true peacemaker in this world. Our, our words, our thoughts, and our actions will produce peace. Sister, is there anything else you would like to add? When I think of life, um, as life with Christ as an adventure, I think about how my parents came to this country. They call it with um, which is a blank hand mm-hmm. with nothing. And how they were able to um, eventually raise a family in a completely foreign country, mm-hmm. you know. So I just think, you know, God's placed within each of us a power and a dignity that and a resiliency that we can't possibly imagine. And I think when we think back to our ancestors, our roots, um, even just to our parents, you know, um, we can draw a lot of courage from their example to live the adventure that is our life mm-hmm. and to know that God's given us just like he gave them. Um, he's given us every grace we need to live in him. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you are staying diligent in journaling before each episode about how you feel and what changes you've seen in yourself and in your relationships so that as you look back, you see how much growth you've made. Sister Maria Kim, you are a gem, truly a gem. Felt so refreshing and wholesome to have you here um, on Through Thick and Thin. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was my honor. And thank you to everyone who's tuned in to this podcast. Once again, you can find us on the free Hail Mary Media app or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're on the app, check out other Vietnamese prayers and sermons and follow us on our social media pages linked in the description area below. Remember to love God more than you fear your cross. And we will see you on Friday, February 2nd for another exciting episode. We wish you a very blessed and peaceful new year. Until next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Through Thick and Thin, produced at the studios of Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. Learn more about this podcast, our other shows, and other Vietnamese content by visiting the free Hail Mary media app.